This Spotlight edition of the Security Ledger podcast is brought to you by RSA Security. RSA offers business-driven security solutions that provide organizations with a unified approach to managing digital risk that hinges on integrated visibility, automated insights, and coordinated actions. RSA solutions are designed to effectively detect and respond to advanced attacks, manage user access control, and reduce business risk, fraud, and cybercrime. RSA protects millions of users around the world and helps more than 90% of the Fortune 500 companies thrive and continuously adapt to transformational change. For more information, visit rsa.com. That's rsa.com. This is the Security Ledger podcast, and I'm Paul Roberts, Editor-in-Chief of the Security Ledger. In this spotlight episode of our podcast... So we are still very much in that fortress mindset, uh, blocking down the edge with firewalls and then hoping for the best. That's just not going to work in the IoT age. There are lots of terms to describe the way that technology is transforming business around the globe, like Industry 4.0, Internet of Things, or increasingly, digital transformation. But for every benefit that flows from innovations like mobility, cloud computing, agile development, and the Internet of Things, there is a challenge. New, nimble competitors find it ever easier to disrupt legacy businesses, while cloud-based applications and mobile users strain the ability of legacy security and monitoring tools to keep data and IT systems safe. One of the industries feeling the weight of all these changes the most is telecommunications, where profitable legacy businesses like fixed-line telephones and text messaging are falling victim to technology-fueled changes, and where a roster of ambitious, disruptive startups stands poised to snatch away even more business should circumstances and consumer preferences permit it. So how are telecommunications firms addressing both the business and IT risk of digital transformation? We sat down in this Spotlight podcast with Syed Wajahat Ali, who's a senior director in the Security and Risk Management Group at Do Telecom, one of just two telecommunication firms offering fixed-line, mobile telephony, internet, and digital television services across the United Arab Emirates. In this conversation, Syed and I talk about the changing risk landscape that incumbents like Do Telecom face, as well as how to best manage the growing cyber risk that goes along with digital transformation initiatives. To start out, I asked Syed to tell us a little bit about Do Telecom and also about the digital risk environment there in the United Arab Emirates. Sayed Wajahad Ali, I head the uh, security risk management and business continuity function at Do Telecoms, part of the EITC group in the UAE. Okay, so Do is the second largest telecom operator in the UAE. Um, we offer both mobile and fixed network services across uh, across the country. We are one of the early adopters in the region of 5G, and we are in the process of rolling that across the entire country and all the cities in the UAE. Um, a big, big enabler for digital and ICT uh, across the country as well, with a massive management services deployment uh, across the country and hosting a lot of international customers. Like all telcos in the world, we're sort of moving away from the telecom business to more ICT digital business where we feel we need to be in the future. So many of the guests we've had on Security Ledger podcast obviously come, you know, generally from North America or the EU region. The the Middle East region where you are uh, is just a huge amount of growth and development going on, both economically and obviously in the, in the technology realm, and has its own weather as it were, in terms of cybersecurity and and the types of risks and threats that you face as as a you know large telecom. 
telecom provider uh, in that part of the world. Obviously, you've been in this field for many years in that environment. What is the risk landscape look like right now in the Middle East region where you are? And and what's kind of top of mind for folks like you, uh, senior risk managers? Well, to start off, obviously, the geopolitical condition, uh, not just in the region, uh, but globally, uh, that's on top of our minds right now. We are operating at a very high state of vigilance uh, at the moment. A lot of cybersecurity activities happening in the region, a lot of threats. Uh, but we have a very sort of elevated state of monitoring. And we are actually working, because I had the business continuity function, there's a lot of coordination between different telecom operators, different industries, uh, government, to really deal with some of the risks in, in, in our landscape these days. Moving away from that, GCC, I've been around this region for about 13 years now, and it's actually one of the early adopters of new technology. It's uh, it's the 5G rollout, the 5G coverage, some of the IoT things that are coming into play within the region. This region is, uh, is very fast at bringing the latest, the biggest, the most uh, innovative technologies uh, for its consumer. So yeah, that's generally uh, the landscape of GCC. When we think about the, the risk landscape globally, right, there are natural risks, just a changing environment and, and uh, weather events and disruptive events. Obviously, there's cyber criminal activity. There are increasingly nation state uh, adversaries and actors. W- what would you say if you were to if you were to look at all those various risks um, and, and you're part of the world there? What is top of mind for you? Is it um, kind of run of the mill uh, cyber crime, ransomware, that type of thing? Or is it uh, some of the more or sophisticated nation-state adversaries? If I answer that question, it's probably a combination of all, all of the above. But if I can be more specific, obviously, given the current geopolitical environment, nation-state risks are very high in our current visibility, in our current, the actions that we're currently taking uh, in the region, cyber being one of the biggest ones, obviously. Cybercrime has been a, a growing area here, but I think that's a global thing. And we are taking proactive steps on that as well. In terms of uh, the other risks, obviously, uh, the entire model of telecoms is under threat by, you know, it has been under threat by OTTs, by by the new digital upstarts. So, so very much at the heart of telecoms today is how do you transition into the uh, to the next phase of what telecom industry will look like. So it's a combination of all these things at the moment. And in the UAE, what, what does that look like? What are what are some of the competitive threats that uh, organizations, companies like do have to be concerned about? So if we look at the evolution of competitive threat, I mean, if you go back five to 10 years, it was always telco versus telco, right? It was the two, three, four main competitors, or in our case, there are two main competitors eating into each other's shares, eating into each other market, uh, you know, coverage and all that stuff. That very quickly moved into telco versus the OTT. And and I think uh, the result of that particular confrontation is very clear. The OTT have sort of taken over. And if I take a very sort of small example, uh, WhatsApp has sort of killed uh, the SMS uh, and whatever's left of the SMS technologies, SimSwap is killing it slowly. So, and then now, now we're at a stage where, you know, it's telco versus all, you know, you have a startup with a brilliant idea, an amazing execution based out of cloud with near zero level of investment cost can turn into a multi-billion dollar product overnight. So it's now that it's far more unseeable, far more, uh, you know, very difficult to respond to. So that's really what's happening. Yeah, the 
the, the barriers to entry have really disappeared, right? I mean, back in the day, if you wanted to be a telecommunications provider, you had to, you know, put wires, you know, hang wires and put up poles and that type of thing and, and uh, no longer, right? Uh, the biggest problem is that really we, and, and I'm, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be using all my 13 years of experience in telecoms. Telecoms really, the thinking hasn't changed inside, although we have wanted to be digital, and we are making concerted effort to be digital, I think it still remains an old way of looking at things. You know, a very good example is the waterfall versus agile uh, approaches to development. Most telecom operators are still, unfortunately, to this day, operating in a waterfall environment, which is surprising given this is 2020 and you're competing with real success stories in Agile now, you know? Truly a cultural change, though, right? I mean, that that is really about uh, taking your uh, development organization and, and te- you know, teaching that dog a new trick, as it were. Not just that. I mean, I think, you know, it's not just that we blame management for it or people who are executing. Your second and third line, let's take the cybersecurity world. You know, we haven't really thought through about this change. We're still sticking to our old way of doing business. And that just cannot happen in this new new product and demand evolution that's happening around it. It's just not going to work. So uh, as a major teleco provider there in the UAE, obviously uh, you work closely with the government and there are, as there are in the US and EU, you know, uh, regulations focused on uh, privacy and data security. EU, we've got GDPR here in the US. We have some state level uh, data privacy laws that are coming on. On the regulatory and compliance front, what is um, a, a company like do? What, what loom large for you guys in terms of uh, compliance? So if I go through a list of top concerns right now, you know, one, two, three, for me, number one right now, because of the security situation, KYC risks. Now, usually telecoms have not been very big KYC, know your customer, you know, process controllers for a long time. But now there's an intense focus from our regulatory bodies to really understand who the customers are, make sure the documents are updated, uh, make sure the service provision is based on the availability of the customer customer's information. Um, so know your customer risks have really increased. And and can you unpack that for, for us just for a second when you say KYC, know your customer? What what What's behind that, I guess? What are the um, what are the concerns or regulatory concerns that, that are wrapped up with, with that? So number one would be security um, because you need to, you know, um, terrorism being a large uh, constitute in this particular region, uh, mobile services, communication between, you know, unwarranted individuals is a big risk. And therefore, for us to allocate a SIM card to an individual, we need to make sure that the individual is a, is a, is a real person they have a have you know the appropriate documents that they are you know in, here in the country with the right visas you know all that sort of stuff all those controlled requirements that you need for a security apparatus has to be now built into your KYC program. We call it the My Number, My Identity program in the UAE. That's a regulation that we have over here. So yeah, that's really an f- intense focus for our regulators today to make sure we tighten up every aspect that we don't have a have a consumer with any of those details missing where we have, you know, expired IDs or anything like that. So that's that's certainly a big area of uh, concern for us. You know, with with um, our, our partners, RSA, we've been talking a lot about digital transformation just as sort of a meta trend, right, that goes across, that's global, that's, that's every country and, and every industry, um, but also the risk that goes along with digital transformation initiatives. For DO and for the UAE, which has a reputation as a, you know, very 
aggressive adopter of new technologies and and very kind of forward looking. If we were to say digital transformation in the context of the UAE, um, what are some of the initiatives that are going on there now, and how do those impact the work that you do at at Do? Let me divide that answer into two areas. Uh, essentially, we have the big five G drive going on right now. We are rolling out the five G network, and with five G comes a whole array of new. Uh, new features, new technologies. I'll use one example: network slicing. It's it's a it's 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 an amazing concept to be able to move resources around, serve the customers in a more optimum way, save on uh, computing resources as much as possible, and really increase that customer experience uh, footprint. So that obviously has to be complemented with an IT stack that is able to utilize these features effectively. And that frankly is is an area of concern for us. Uh, for that, there are major transformation programs that are currently on on way because, you know, if you, if you really go into the depth of it, telecom technology has been very much that old postpaid prepaid serving model for too long. And now we're, we're coming to an age where our network and the 5G services that have been deployed are able to provide new features and new services. You also need your IT stack to be ready to complement those, to be able to productize those quickly, to be able to generate revenues of those very, very quickly. So so I think this is one of the, I, w- I would say challenges, but it's a positive challenge because uh, I can certainly tell you about in, inside of Do, uh, there are massive transformation programs going on, uh, which is really building on the 5G tech uh, that's coming through. You're listening to a Spotlight edition of the Security Ledger podcast. This Spotlight podcast is sponsored by RSA Security. People talk about 5G here in North America, too, but Mm -hmm. it mostly seems like it's just commercials on TV. Um, Are we talking about like a kind of millimeter wave 5G that's out there on every light post and and serving people locally or um, in particular, um, you know, cities and locations? Or how does it what does it look like? And and what are some of the sort of next gen services that are being uh, how I guess how far down the road are is the UAE? and, And what are some of the services that are being targeted around that? Okay, so so obviously uh, we are de- we're rolling out 5G in different sectors, as as you mentioned, millimeter uh, millimeter wave is one of the areas that we're doing it. If you go to an end user, for example, right now, we have uh, if you have a 5G handset, which is obviously slow to come to the market as well, you can easily latch onto our 5G network. You can easily enjoy speeds that are up there in the in the 150, you know, uh, you know, uh, 1.5 GB uh, space, um, and 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 really, really super sort of you know uh, experience of technology. Uh, what's happening is that we, I, I don't think there's enough. Uh, utilization on the other side of our products that are using the kind of speeds that are available in 5G, but we are certainly deploying it. And 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 uh, you know uh, you will see the uptake of 5G devices over the last six months has been immense. We when we rolled out and we went uh, live with our 5G network, you know, good good many months ago, uh, we actually had only a, a because we used to get reports regularly on this a handful of customers. Now it's grown. You know, there are thousands of users of 5G already. They're buying these new handsets that are coming on the market. So, so we're really going there. The other areas that are, uh, there, there's a lot of work going on, but I think it'll take some time to actually see market, you know, use cases coming into the market are the, you know, the, the medical space. There's a lot of work. UAE has a vision to grow uh, medic, you know, medical hospital services for, for the entire region and, and the larger Southeast Asian region. 
to be the hub of that. So that I think it's coming in the future. So so we have a lot of use cases in the pipeline, um, uh, but it's 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 you know it's not fully there as as of now. The, the the services in some ways haven't caught up with the with the technology and the capabilities, but you're saying the the, the bandwidth is there, and and we just need people to start uh, f- figuring out ways to leverage it. Absolutely, absolutely. This is this is what we have. We have enabled the networks. We have. I mean, we, we have Expo 2020 coming, and and if you happen to visit Expo 2020 in the near future, you'll find a, a, a completely unified 5G experience. Um, a lot of work happening on, on that side. Um, what you will also seeing is the the new ideas. Like you know, uh, previously you had IBS solutions. Five G has a version of IBS, but it also has uh, radio access based beam forming. So so we are you, you know utilizing that across. The, so there's a lot of different things that we that we're trying to do with the features. Okay, well this is a cybersecurity podcast, so I'm going to ask you the next logical question, which is as you as a risk officer, risk manager, look at 5G and and try and imagine what 5G is going to mean in terms of uh, cyber threats and risks to your organization. Um, again, what's top of mind for you? What uh, what are the things that you're concerned about, even if we haven't exactly seen them yet? The speed of risk evolution uh, in this 5G era with all the different use cases we keep talking about is immense. I mean, it's, it's just unprecedented because, you know, we had a previous way of operating based on inherent risks. I think that mindset has got to change now. For example, you know, you have medical surgery, right? Somebody sitting in the U.S. operating on a patient in UAE. The the entire vector of risks now are just something else. You know, Gartner uses an example that I, I, I keep using in my particular uh, ex- discussions with various different people. It's, you know, previously cybersecurity people, they, they talked about confidentiality, integrity, availability. CIA has been our, our, our sort of bedrock principle for uh, most of the last 10, 15 years, if you think about it, or evolution of cybersecurity. But now CIA is, is hand in hand with what, you know, Gartner refers to as the CIA, PSR. And PSR stands for nothing else but privacy, safety, and reliability. Because you're now not just talking about data and service availability or data, you know, uh, being exfiltrated or any of those risks. You're talking about people's lives. You're talking about cars that are coming and talking over networks, over the, you know, low range and the and the wide area networks. All those things are, you know, coming together. Number two, I think we really have to contextualize our risks and our threats. Not enough attention has been paid to contextualizing uh, our risk management and, and, and effective threat modeling. Uh, and that area is is going to grow hugely, I think. The other concern that I have, uh, obviously, is is basically cross-industry risk management. You know, that, that is a big area of concern and how we're approaching risk management in that. Kind of third-party risks, supply chain risks, those types of things? Absolutely. So third-party risks uh, are, are obviously a key risk for us at the moment, and we are doing a lot of work on that side. It's basically cross-ecosystem risks as well, where you have utility companies working with telecom operators with more downstream smart government you know, type of companies, and they're all sharing information, transmitting information. I mean, you mentioned uh, Internet of Things, and you know that's something that obviously at Security Ledger we 
write about uh, a fair amount. What are some of the big uh, Internet of Things use cases that you see both uh, just out in consumer society and as also as well, you know, in the sort of telecommunication space? And w- what are your thoughts on uh, IoT risk and what the best approach to managing it is? There has been a lot of government drive uh, in terms of uh, IoT in the UAE. There's a lot of smart government initiatives. Uh, Dubai government has been pushing very heavily in this area. And we are seeing uh, a lot of initiatives with our national uh, infrastructure uh, organizations. You know, I'll give you one example. Fire services, we have integrated and rolled out a particular IoT use case, which connects each and every building to our, our, our central fire services. So there is a there is a lot of use cases being built there, which actually has a direct impact on, on the end users. In terms of risks, I think obviously the first risk that we look at uh, when we are looking at IoT use cases and we are working with these guys to sort of secure them is obviously the edge, uh, edge level risks, you know, the edge networks, the edge components like the sensors, actuators, devices, uh, aggregate. Then you move to the aggregators gateways, you move to the how, how secure are your access networks, uh, the various platform components, service networks, and down to when how you transmit it to the enterprise. It's slight irony there because obviously we are working on this and we have made some progress. But at the same time, if I can use an example uh, that that is one of my biggest frustrations and it's got nothing to do with IoT, but it actually showcases how we have to really rethink of risk management in the I or cybersecurity in the IoT. The example is SimSwap. Uh, these are two different industries, telecoms and banking. Having a massive, I mean, SimSwap is growing. We, we, there seems to be no end to it. Yet the, the problems are so easy to resolve. If you just get two motivated partners working together on putting together some API gateways, putting together some better two-factor authentication agreements, and, and really, you know, working together through, through the various digital collaborating. And it's not happening. And imagine that in the IoT age. Imagine that that you can actually enter a, a, a weakness within one of the partners in the various IoT ecosystem, and and then laterally move into other areas. So, so really, we need to be focused on this. And I think even even the IoT use cases right now, I would call them more you know end to end tunneled. Uh, VPN, more closed IoT use cases. When we move to the real open ones, uh, real global IoT use cases, we we will have to relook at the way we do business right now in cybersecurity and enterprise risk management. It's really interesting with SIM swapping, I mean, where it, it's really moved from what I think most people would consider a fairly esoteric attack to something that is just incredibly common, even though the barrier to doing it would seem to be high, but but not really, right? Uh, I mean, it's simply, uh, I, I'll give you our example. I mean, we are two operators in a country with 30, 40 old banks or whatever it is. To make a central body to actually unify, uh, because large number of banks or other organizations are using telecom operators as, as their 2FA engines, to centralize that, connect uh, digital channels, and every time there is an event here, you, you actually ask the consumer to, to re-register at the, you know, these are not difficult things to do in our technology age. You know, we can have a couple of good API calls. We can have a couple of good integration uh, between these uh, organizations. We can actually monetize it. You know, it doesn't cost that much uh, to spend to protect our consumer that way. Yet, yet we are not seeing that. It hasn't happened, you know. And that's that is a sign of things for the IoT age, in my view. The need for coordination and kind of t- and kind of uh, uh, collective thinking, I guess, or collective action, right? The entire model of cybersecurity ERM in organization is black box. We are still very much in that fortress mindset 
where we're 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 sort of uh, blocking down the edge with firewalls and then hoping for the best sort of thing. You know, um, that's just not going to work in the IoT age. You have to be able to to connect through, think ecosystem-wide, think how you can cross uh, set up controls that actually enable everyone. And 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 I'm still still talking about the IT side of things. The OT side, we, we haven't even had the conversation yet, you know, uh, how to bring it all together. We really strongly believe, and I, I'm a big believer in this, that you really need to unlearn traditional risk management in this era. You need to contextualize your risks absolutely down to your product, to your consumer. Uh, you need to be able to model your threats effectively. So I think we need to really use threat modeling as a concept to visualize where the threats are, constantly update it, use as much automation and machine learning as we can, and, and basically communicate better with our partners. You know, our IT and network folks who are out there deploying, building, developing, they need to be in the security conversation. They just, you know, we don't need to tell them, we need to be part of how they do things. And I think that's that's going to change the industry in the next five years. That's going to be the big change. Syed, thank you so much for coming on and speaking to us on the Security Ledger podcast. It was great talking to you. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. Syed Wajahat Ali is the Senior Director of Security and Risk Management at Do Telecom in the United Arab Emirates. You've been listening to a Spotlight edition of the Security Ledger podcast, sponsored by RSA Security. RSA offers business-driven security solutions that provide organizations with a unified approach to managing digital risk that hinges on integrated visibility, automated insights, and coordinated actions. RSA solutions are designed to effectively detect and respond to advanced attacks, manage user access control, and reduce business risk, fraud, and cybercrime. RSA protects millions of users around the world and helps more than 90% of the Fortune 500 companies thrive and continuously adapt to transfer Transformational change. For more information, visit rsa.com. That's rsa.com. <laughs>